0: Isn't the Lord good to us? He's so, so gracious. Thank the Lord for the cross, the sacrifice, the blood that's been shed. But thank the Lord that He's alive. He's uh, resurrected and it didn't end at the cross. Uh, We have a Savior uh, that is alive and living. If you have uh, your place in the Bible, want to begin at Luke chapter 18, verse number 1. And uh, you're welcome to stand with us if you're able as we read a portion of God's Word here this morning. Luke chapter 18, it's just good to be in church, isn't it? I love church, and I'm so grateful for God's people, so grateful for you, and uh, just uh, what an honor privilege it is to stand in the pulpit to be able to preach the Word of God. Uh, I must confess to you that I really struggled this week with what to preach. Uh, I had about 10 messages that uh, I just could not discern what what God wanted me to preach, so I'm going to preach all ten this morning. not really. Uh, The the Lord just kind of brought me to to the the passage where I I believe that uh, He's got a message for us here today. Luke chapter 18, verse number 1. And He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Now, you'll see these two parables told back to back, and both are dealing with prayer. And so I want to, to look today at parables on prayer. Uh, again, look at verse 1. He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. In verse number 9, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous, despised others. Two men went up into a temple to pray. So we have parables on prayer. We're going to look at some, I believe, very crucial, essential lessons concerning prayer this morning you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in, in prayer and ask the Lord today to have His way. Let's take a moment just to yield our hearts to the Lord and to what He would speak to us. Father, You're good to us and it's been good to be here today. Thank You, Lord, already You've met with us. And Lord, we're looking unto You and grateful this morning that You know every heart and grateful that no person is here by accident today. That Lord, You've got a message for each one, so help us today just to take this time to have ears to hear and to put into application that which you give unto us. Lord, would you have your way this morning? Would you exalt yourself? Would you minister at the very point of need? And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated here this morning. I want to, to take just a, a bit of time and look back through the Gospel of Luke for just a moment. One of the things that we see in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ is that Jesus often prayed and He often taught on prayer. I'd like you to go back with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter number 4, Luke chapter number 4. And we read of uh, the really beginning of the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus after His baptism as we compare scriptures in chapter 4 verse number 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Now I have read that scripture this morning because I believe Jesus was in the wilderness and there forty days with the Father, and there during that time he's praying and he's preparing for his earthly ministry. We go to Luke chapter 5 and verse number 16. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. And we read of the Lord Jesus Christ. He withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. We go to chapter 6 and verse number 12. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 12. And it reads to uh, and it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray. And he continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom he named apostles. And so before the choosing of the apostles, the Lord spent a night in prayer. We go to Luke chapter 9 and verse number 18. Luke chapter 9 and verse number 18. And it reads, It came to pass as he was alone praying. Now interestingly, as you compare this to the Gospel of Matthew, and to the Gospel of Mark, you will find that previously Jesus fed the, uh, the 5,000. He fed the multitudes. And after feeding the multitudes, uh, Jesus sent the disciples out onto the ship alone. And he himself went into the mountain to pray. And then not long after this, in verse 18, it came to pass as he was alone praying. His disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Who say the people that I am? We go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, verse number 1, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And we have here uh, the model prayer in verses 2 through 4. And then another parable of the midnight loaves in verses 5 through 13. I want you to go all the way to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And we have here just before the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Luke chapter 22, verse number 39. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray ye, or pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in great agony, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why, sleepy, rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And so we have here the prayer life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Often the Lord prayed. Now go back with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And I want to give three simple thoughts here this morning on prayer as we look at the teaching of the Lord and we look at these particular parables of Jesus Christ. The first thought this morning is that we ought to pray. You'll see here the necessity of prayer. Luke 18 verse 1 And He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, as we read in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus prayed often. He never taught or expected anything of His disciples, but what He Himself was not willing to do. He was always an example, an illustration of that which He taught. I think about this this morning. If prayer was important to Jesus, it ought to be important to us. Jesus is sinless. We are sinful. He's God. We're finite beings. He's all wise, and we have no wisdom of ourselves. And as we read of the Lord Jesus Christ, He was in constant Communion in constant prayer with his heavenly father. He longed for fellowship with his father. His times of prayer illustrated that close relationship between God the Father and God the Son. Now, somebody says, if Jesus is God, then why did Jesus pray to God? Why did he pray to his father? We understand that though Jesus is God, he became man. He's the God man. He's fully God, yet he's fully man. And in the sense that Jesus took upon Himself human flesh, He's seeking that communion with His Father. He's limited Himself at this point in this earthly body here upon this earth. And So we read of the Lord Jesus Christ that He was close in fellowship with His Heavenly Father. Day and night, early in the morning, sometimes through the entire night, sometimes rising up a great while before the day, Jesus would pray. He went to the mountains to pray. He prayed in the wilderness. He prayed aboard the ship and aboard the boat. And He prayed in the midst of crowds. He prayed with His disciples. He prayed alone. But we would say of Jesus, He prayed. He sought direction from His Father. Before beginning His public ministry, He prayed. And before choosing the twelve apostles, He prayed. And before the cross, He prayed. He looked to his Father for strength. He looked to his Father for direction. And that strength, that direction so well illustrated throughout the life of Jesus Christ. He prayed often. And he encouraged his followers to pray. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. The principle is that we ought always to pray. Uh, Prayer ought to be as natural to the life of a Christian as that of breathing. Uh, We ought to uh, have such a walk with the Lord that constantly as we awake in the morning we're in communion with the Father. As we go to bed at night we're in communion with our Lord. Uh, We ought not to be discouraged, we ought not to faint, we ought not to give up, rather we ought to pray as the Lord has expressed, we ought to pray about anything and everything. Now, the Lord teaches this throughout the scriptures. In Romans 12, verse number 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Uh, simply stating, we ought to always be alert in prayer. As Jesus warned the apostles in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, that we ought to pray that we enter not into temptation, alert in prayer. In Colossians 4, verse 2, uh, Paul said to the Colossian church and Christians, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. And again in Luke chapter 18 and verse number 7, uh, we read, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them this is the constant attitude of prayer Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 reads praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints and so clearly placed for us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 where the bible says pray without ceasing you say Pastor, how can, we, how can we do this? How can we maintain this attitude? Well, Jesus illustrated this for us. He, he walked in constant fellowship with his Father. I've told the story before of, of Dwight O. Moody. Uh, he was uh, walking across a, a crowded street. And suddenly he, he fell to his knees, not realizing that on coming was a horse carriage and the uh, the uh, the driver of the carriage had to bring the horses to a halt and otherwise would have uh, ploughed over Duetto Moody and he happened to know Mr Moody he, he uh, got out of the carriage he said uh, Mr Moody he said I could have run over you why did you suddenly fall to your knees here in the middle of the street and he said as i was walking across this road god reminded me of a sin i was out of fellowship with the lord and that was all I'm thinking of. I needed to get right with God. I needed to confess that sin. And he said, I fell to my knees to confess that. I, I think that's that spirit, that attitude, realizing my fellowship, my communion with the Father has been broken, and I need to restore that communion. I read the story of, of George W. Truett. He pastored many years at First Baptist Church in, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, On one occasion, George W. Truett was was in the hospital. He was very sick and had become delirious at times through the medications, different things. And when he came to himself, there was a nurse in the room. He said something like this to the nurse. He said, I've got to ask you, did I say anything that I should not have said? Did I say anything while I was unconscious that would not have glorified or honored my Lord? And the nurse said, no, not at all. In fact, he said, you were no different in the hospital in this state than you were in your normal life. He said, sometimes you were praying to God. He said, sometimes you were preaching a sermon. And sometimes you were witnessing to others. And, and George W. Truett said to this nurse, I'm so thankful that I did not dishonor the Lord during that state of my life. And I believe that's an illustration of a spirit or of an attitude of a man that's walking with God, that's walking in communion with God. And even when he's not in his right mind, we might say, he's still honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. What a powerful testimony. We ought always to pray. But as we look at these parables together, I would say secondly that we ought to pray in faith. Now the main emphasis of this first parable is faith. We, have, we call it the parable of the unjust judge. Now, we'll find here that the contrast of this parable, Jesus often taught by contrast. Many of the parables in the Gospel of Luke deal with contrast. They deal with opposites. And through the opposite and through the contrast, Jesus is teaching spiritual principles uh, as many of the parables in Luke. Now, we have here the unjust judge. Read in chapter 18 and verse number 2. Saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man so we have a, a judge a, a worldly judge no fear of god no regard for man seems that all he cares about is himself in verse 3 and there was a widow in that city and she came unto him saying avenge me of mine adversary and he would not for a while but afterward he said within himself though i fear not god nor regard man so we have this judge that had no care for this woman had no care for her need. In verse number 5 it reads, Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. His only motive for intervening in her life and answering her request was the statement, Lest by her continual coming she weary me. That's the unjust judge. But here's the contrast. We have the loving living God. He is a just judge. He cares for his children. He has their best always in mind. And that's the contrast that the Lord is putting before us. And we go to verse number 6 of this parable. The Lord said hear what the unjust judge saith and shall not God. Do you see the contrast? Avenge his own elect which cry Day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. See, we ought to always come to God with our needs. The widow brought her concerns to the unjust judge, and rightfully so. That was his position. And even though he had no burden or concern for her, she came to him persistently until she gained what she desired now god is our judge and we ought to bring every care and every need and every concern to that loving living god if it concerns us it concerns him 1 peter chapter 5 verse 7 states casting All your care upon him, for he careth for you. The unjust judge had no care, no concern for that widow woman. But God cares for his children. Listen to me. This morning there's nothing too small for God. If you lose your keys, it concerns God. How many of you have done that? Uh, We had our faithful dog of many, many years. uh, Passed away to dog heaven this morning. And, uh, and it concerns God. It, it's something that's so important to God. Uh, nothing too small for God. Nothing too big for God. Uh, nothing too easy for God. Nothing too hard for God. See, we can bring every care to our just judge this morning. Friend, if there's sin in your life that troubles you, it concerns God. And if we confess our sin... He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's our lawyer. And He's able to forgive our sin. He's able to cleanse our sin. He's able to purify us of sin. Our sin concerns Him. Our weakness concerns Him. Paul brought his thorn in the flesh to the Lord. And the Lord said, No, Paul, I'm not going to remove the thorn, but my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. When we face temptations, it concerns the Lord. And there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. If you have a burden this morning, you can bring that burden to the Lord and it concerns the Lord. When David would flee from his life or for his life from Saul and he would be on the backside of the wilderness and in gedi he would bring that need to the Lord and God through the Psalms would often hear the prayer of David as he cast that burden, as he cast that care upon the Lord. Uh, When the Lord burdens your heart for another, when you see another child of his going through troubles or tribulation, it concerns the Lord and you can pray just as the church did in Acts chapter 12 when Peter was in prison James had been killed and Peter was on the the hit list to be killed by Herod and here's the church that makes prayer for the Lord and it concerned the Lord and the Lord sent an earthquake and delivered Peter out of that prison house we ought to come to God with our needs this morning he cares and here's the principle As we come to God, we ought to come to God this morning in faith. See, the widow received her request from the unjust judge. But listen to me this morning. How much more? How much more can we expect answers from our heavenly Father who cares for us? He cares for His Children. Again in Luke chapter 18 verse 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect? That's the saved. Shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. But notice this in this context of faith. Nevertheless, When the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith on the earth? You see, as we come to God, we come to Him in prayer. He cares for His children. Hebrews 11, verse number 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. He that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. See, God rewards those that come to him and come to him in faith. In James chapter 5, we read about Elijah, a man of like passions as we are. He prayed that it would not rain for a period of three and a half years, and it did not rain. And then he prayed that God would send rain, and it rained. And we read the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then we read in 1 John chapter 5 that if we come in the will of God, we can know that we have those things that we request of Him. We can have confidence as we pray in the will of God. May God teach us to pray, but not just to pray, but to pray big prayers, to pray big prayers in the will of God, and to look for big answers. In the Bible uh, book of answered prayer. I was thinking just this morning of Hezekiah surrounded by Sennacherib's army receiving a letter, a threat. He brings that letter into the temple, lays it before God and gives that big request to God and in one night God sends his angel that kills 185,000 of the enemy. It's a big prayer but it wasn't too big for God. We read in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, if my people call by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, then will I forgive their sins, then will I heal their land. We ought always to pray. And we ought always to pray in faith. But let me give you the third principle as we look at the next parable. We ought always to pray in humility. You're familiar with the parable of the publican and the Pharisee. This next parable begins in verse number 9. We read, he spake this parable. Unto certain which trusted in themselves, they were righteous, despised other." Now the main emphasis of this parable is that of humility. We have two men. They're contrasted. They're opposites. The Pharisee, the religious crowd. Verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. the publicans were known as the sinners. The Pharisees were known as the uh, maybe the conservative religious crowd opposites contrasted with each other. Uh, we have the two prayers beginning at verse eleven. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I 'm not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all." that I possess and I want you to see he prayed thus with himself he's not really praying to God he's praying and he's very proud of himself it's a prayer of pride but we have in verse 13 the contrast the publican standing far off would not so much as lift his eyes to heaven smote upon his breast saying God be merciful to me a sinner we have two prayers they're opposite one from pride one from humility uh, we have the outcome, two outcomes. Verse 14, I tell you this, man went down to his house justified. The, the, the bad man, the publican, uh, was justified. He got saved. Rather than the other, the good man, was lost. Uh, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. There's this lesson in humility. And as you follow the scriptures, I don't have time to develop this this morning, but in verses 15 through 17, it's a little child. And Jesus says we're to humble ourselves and to be as this little child. And it's as the child that we're converted. It's as the child we exercise faith in the Lord. In verses 18 through 24, the story is told of the rich young ruler who depended upon his own goodness to get him to heaven and was lost and went away sad because he was unwilling to humble himself before the Lord Jesus Christ. In verses 35 through 43, we have the blind beggar who met Jesus before he entered into Jericho and here the blind beggar cries out in humility thou son of David have mercy upon me and the story is told of the blind beggar that gets saved and then in Luke chapter 19 we have the story of wee little Zacchaeus and uh, wee little Zacchaeus climbed up into the sycamore tree and the Lord looked up and said Zacchaeus I'm going to your house today and Zacchaeus humbled himself and came down and received the Lord that day and we have these lessons in humility but it goes back here to verse 14 God exalts the humble but he abases the proud And we have in this context the publican the Pharisee and it speaks of salvation see the humble man the publican says, I've got a need. I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I can't meet my own need. But I'm not ashamed to bring that need to my Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Be merciful to me, a sinner. And that day he was saved. May I say to you this morning that you will never be saved until you come humbly before the throne of Jesus Christ. You cannot be saved until you recognize that you're a lost sinner. You cannot be saved until you recognize that you cannot save yourself and that your religion and your goodness and your baptism and all that you have to offer can never earn your way to heaven. Friend, you can be a member of Valley Bible Baptist Church and that won't save you. It's the blood of Jesus that saves and forgives. He's the Savior. And until you come humbly before the Lord, you cannot be saved. But you know this application, we're talking about prayer. This application of humility extends into the prayer life. See, the importance of humility, these are parables of prayer. And as I pray, I have a need. I can't meet my own need. But I have a big God that I can bring that need before and I'm not ashamed to bring that need to God. Now go with me back to Luke chapter 11. We have another parable on prayer. In Luke chapter 11. And it came to pass Verse 1, that as he was praying at a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think it's interesting. They didn't ask teach us how to pray, but teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples, and then he gave them again the model prayer. He had previously given that on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter number 6. We have here the, the model prayer of the Lord. And then beginning at verse number 5, He said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he shall rise and give him as many as he needeth. I say unto you, ask, it shall be given you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. Everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. To him that knocketh, It shall be opened. And we'll have here this application of humility. I bring my need to the Lord. I need bread to set before a lost world. And I don't have that bread of myself. And I need that bread before the Lord. And I bring that bread or that need to God. And I unashamedly before God admit that need. And my God is able. And my God is willing that principle of humility you see I'm a beggar like blind Bartimaeus blind I can't heal myself but I have a Savior who cares and I can bring that need to the Savior I ought to bring my need to Him that's what the Bible says that men ought always to pray And I ought to bring that need to him in faith for he is a just judge that cares for his children. And I ought to bring that need to him in humility as a beggar coming to God that is able and willing to meet that need. Now what is that need for you this morning? I'm speaking to somebody that you're not saved. and Jesus has been knocking at your heart. You're under conviction. You know that you're lost. And here this morning, to be saved, you've got to come humbly before him. I'm speaking to somebody here today that you need some strength. You're going through some things. You can't do it on your own. You're at the end of yourself. And I'm grateful this morning man's extremity becomes God's opportunity. You're at the end of yourself this morning. You can bring that need to Jesus. You're here this morning in need of spiritual power to teach that Sunday school lesson, to witness to that friend, to face your work situation. You need spiritual power. You've got a need this morning. Maybe it's your family. You need both physical and spiritual bread for your family. You can bring that to the Lord. Maybe your burden for a friend, a relative, their salvation uh, ought to be burdened for revival in this nation. And we ought to be crying out for laborers, for the harvest field. We were looking at the need for churches through northern New Mexico, southern Colorado. and, And we ought to be crying out to God for bread to set before sinners. There's a great need this morning. We ought to come before God and share that need with Him. We ought to come to God in faith. And we ought to come to God in deep humility. I'd like this morning, with heads bowed,